Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Cormac Moore. Now, though, if you've ever thought about doing stand-up comedy or maybe just the idea of speaking in front of people makes you a little bit nervous, you will absolutely hate this part of the show where I get comedians to come on and talk about their worst gigs ever and walk us through what it's like standing on stage when... It's just going so bad and so painful and, and, and no one's laughing. Joining me now for this week's instalment is uh, Colin McGlinchey. He is founder of one of the best comedy clubs in Dublin at the moment, the Comedy Crunch downstairs in the Stag's Head. If you uh, ever get a chance to go along, it's free. You've literally got no excuse uh, not to go. But um, you join me on the line now. Colm, sir, how are you doing? You well? I'm good. How are you, my friend? Uh, doing very well. Again, I always feel a little bit apprehensive about bringing comedians on to talk about their worst gigs because it can be kind of upsetting sometimes. Uh, that's true, but I think um, we kind of. I think I think you kind of you, you very quickly accept the fact that these things are going to happen if you want to <laughs> if you want to spend some time in this game. You know what I mean? It's it's not going to be all good days. So yeah, you know, you got to get used to it fairly quick. Otherwise, you'll be you'll be back not doing comedy gigs again. But yeah, no, it's. it's <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm still, I'm still saying, so it can't be that bad. Yeah, no, no, that's good. Um, how long have you been doing stand-up for now, Colin? I'm at comedy uh, nearly ten years now. I think it's going to be ten years in May, so which is quite a scary thing to say out loud because uh, I suppose in some ways I've progressed a lot, but at the end of the day, I'm still not selling out Wembley, so I can't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if, if you told me ten years ago what I'd be doing now, I think I'd be quite satisfied. But part of me would be going like, I thought you did a little bit more than that. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I think I think I think it's um, yeah. No, I'm happy enough with how it's going. So it's been a good ten years. I've enjoyed it. Where was your first ever gig? My first ever gig was in Doyle's on um, just just down by Third Street. There, I think yeah. it was one of these things where a few people who hadn't done comedy before were doing comedy for the first time, and it was uh, it was in there, and it was it was great fun. I think it was I I, I um, it was. I had the right material for the right time because it was around the time that a very significant thing happened in the news, which uh, Joseph Fritzl happened basically, and and and, and like and so I think I, I I think it literally happened that day, and there was we were able to turn some of the jokes around to make them more relevant without going into too much detail. So you look, and, you uh, look like a comic genius who was able to come up with stuff on the spot. It was like this this guy just heard the news headline. I had some I had something else written about house prices in Dublin because believe it or not. That was an issue um, ten years ago as well. You know what I mean? It's, uh, people think this is just a new thing. It's, 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 there's never been a good time to buy a house. Dublin. It's always yeah. been impossible. I feel like history's repeating itself. So I had some joke about house prices in Dublin, and I managed. I just added in one or two words, yeah. and all of a sudden it went from being a generic joke to something that was topical, and uh, that went down well on the day. I'm glad to say, and that, that gave me a bit of a boost. Oh, then, cool. then, then, then you kind of find out when you then, then I got booked for a few gigs fairly quick from that. And then you find out fairly quickly that uh, just because something is topical and funny one week doesn't mean it's topical and funny the next week. And uh, that can come as a shock sometimes, but that's, that's the business that we're in. I know, yeah. I used to have um, some stuff, as you know, about... Uh, who's the South African guy? 
Oscar Pistorius. There you go. I can't even yeah. remember it now. And uh, <laughs> I had some stuff, obviously, about him at the time. And it's so... When stuff works, it's so hard to let it go because you're oh, just like, right. but how can I figure out to make this work again even though it's four or five years old? <laughs> yeah, you always want to find a situation that you can bring it back into. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's uh, like There's a few jokes that I do that like, you know, they were written for, for a very specific time. Like maybe they were about the World Cup or they're about rugby or something. But then there's a few that I haven't wanted to let go of. So now we just find a way to bring them back in because there's always a sports event. So you can always say, <laughs> you know, you can always link it into something. There's always something relevant, something topical. They can always kind of like take a, you know, cheat a little bit. You know what I mean? Like people might be shocked to hear this, but comedians cheat a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that is the art form we are in. Yeah. Um, so after that first, you know, you started off on a high, what have been some of the worst gigs you found yourself in and, and how tough were they standing on stage in front of the crowd of people when it just wasn't going well? Uh, oh, it's horrible. It's horrific. It's, I always, I, and it's, it's weird because it's always the question you're asking me is the same question that, like, you know, whenever you tell somebody that you do comedy, they ask you, they, they don't say, the first thing they'll ask you about your job is, what's it like when it goes wrong? What's it like when you die on stage? What, you know, what's the worst gig? Which is kind of weird. It seems to be the only profession in the world where it's not considered rude to ask people what it's like. Like, imagine going up to a surgeon and saying, oh, you work as a surgeon, no way. What's it like when you lose a patient? You know what I mean? It'd, it'd, be, it'd be a horrible thing to say, but for comedy, it's like, no, no, it's socially acceptable to ask this person what's it like when they're bad at their job. Yeah, know? we want to know how <laughs> shit you've been. Okay, God, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't think I'll be doing a section with this with surgeons. I think that would get uh, cut fairly quickly. You know? <laughs> I've Dr. McGlinchey on the line to talk about uh, how a triple bypass <laughs> went horribly, horribly wrong. That as well. No. Uh, I've, I've had some I've had some wild gigs over over the years. Um, I think there was the tap in Dublin was one that you might remember, um, which was a bit of a dodgy one where uh, most of the clientele had more tattoos than they had skin, and uh, it was that, that 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 was a rough gig. You know, you, you get some crazy heckles in there, but I'm very lucky in that I've never had a gig where like you know I've, I've frozen on stage. I've never lost anything on stage. Like I've never forgotten. I've I've, I've never had one of those gigs. You know, where, where people just completely lose where they're at. But I, ha- I remember I remember having a gig where I could tell from about three seconds in and I was hosting a gig. So I meant that for the next two and a half hours I had to keep on getting back up on stage. And it was a gig in Roscommon, which is, you know, no yeah. one ever says a gig in Roscommon and then follows it by saying it was the greatest gig ever. No offense, Roscommon, <laughs> but, you know, it's true. It's uh, especially a midweek gig in Roscommon. It was a bit, it was a bit like today. Cause I, remember I, went, I remember going down and it was snowing and we got there and beautiful pub in Roscommon me and a few other comedians on and I was hosting, I went up on stage and it, there was a weird feeling in the in the room because I thought we were going to play a comedy venue. It turned out that they just, you know, a lot of people were drinking in a pub and then all of a sudden it was like, here's a comedy show. Uh-huh. Whether you like it or not, stop talking, here's a comedy show, which is never a good way to start. So I get up there with my Dublin accents and it's just, you know, full of old rough common men. And yeah, they weren't they weren't very happy to hear me. I think I was called Jackine about ten times in the first one minute. Yeah, and go back to West Britain. You know what I mean? All that, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> straight up, stuff you know? Yeah, love it. Yeah, and, and again, what's common? Fine. You know, they, 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 you can have great gigs down there. But I think it was just it was a midweek gig in winter. A lot of the young people who obviously leave Roscommon during the week because why wouldn't you? They weren't there. <laughs> no offense, Roscommon, but you know it's true. Uh, but that that was a horrible gig because for me and every other comedian. It was just about 30 people who did not want the comedy gig to be on in that room, and they were holding their ground. They could have easily went in, 
to the to, to the lounge room next door and had their pint and had their chat, but they were like, no, this is our room. We're not having these these blow-ins take it off us. So it was a battle between a comedy gig and a conversation going on yeah. for two, two and a half hours. And it's just horrible. Like, it, it's one thing having a gig where jokes aren't landing, but having a gig where people aren't listening to you is just one of the most demotivational things ever. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's, imagine, imagine you're in the office and you're typing into spreadsheets and it's just, not going in. You know what I mean? That that that's that's the comedy equipment I can think of. It's just, oh, it's just horrible. <laughs> and then to make it worse, we we weren't going back from Ross Common that night. We were staying in Ross Common, and uh, I was brought upstairs by the person who booked the gig, and I was shown a bed to sleep in, alongside fellow comedian Trevor Brown. So I uh, I, I, I then you know no offense, no no I've nothing nothing wrong with sleeping in the bed with another man, but when it's a drunken comedian and the heat <laughs> off his back is burning you, it, was, it wasn't it was a nice way to end the night, i got to say. So, in, in that case, because this seems to be a recurring thing of everyone that I've talked to on this part of the show about their worst gigs, there's always one where somebody thinks it's a great idea to just wedge a gig in the middle of a pub without... Because uh, I imagine the people that were in the pub weren't charged in, it was just where they would normally go to drink and it was an open bar. Not an open bar, but like it wasn't in a separate function room where they were organising the gig. Yeah, that was my understanding of it. Yeah, and it's 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 never a good idea, and it, it it's it's not really their fault either. You know, and it's not really the, the people who are having the drinks. Yeah, they've made the effort of going out, so it's it's a failure on the part of whoever's planning the gig. To be honest, you need to have your separate room. You need to, or at least need to decide, say, like, listen, there's going to be a comedy show on in here, so if you want to have a chat, go go next door or whatever. But they were, no, they they were holding their ground, and you know, I can't blame them. But you know that. No, no one died that night, so I'm sure there's been worse gigs, but it was still one of those gigs that I remember afterwards going, I don't want to do a gig that I'm not familiar with for a long, long time yeah. because it just becomes the thing where it's just, it was such a waste. It was a whole half a day gone, going down to Common, coming back, doing the show. You know, it was, it was, it was, it was a big, it kind of puts you off doing gigs you're unfamiliar with, which is, which is very bad because there can be a lot of really good gigs that, you know, you have to do for the first time to find out. Yeah, yeah, good. yeah, yeah. But it was kind of that element to it as well. Was um, there, um, was there, did they give you a mic? Was it mic'd up in the room and stuff at that gig? There, there was a mic. Oh, actually, I should tell you, I was actually, I was, I was doing a show in Luxembourg uh, two weeks ago and it was about 200. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. People in a room in Luxembourg, and the mic barely worked. And I went on first, and I'd say the two minutes into my set, the room plunged into absolute darkness. And I was like, okay, this is fine. This will probably come back on in 10, 20 seconds. So I got somebody from the front row to get on stage. I could put the mic in their hand. I, I, I got into their seat. I held their drink, thinking the lights would come back on, a big body switch going on. <laughs> the lights didn't come back on. <laughs> I had I had the next 10 minutes. I had to, uh, I made a few jokes, you know, bird box comedy, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then I got, I got, it actually worked out really well. Next, I got, I got everyone in the room to put on the light on their phones and light the stage up. And uh, that that was on the, that was, that could have been the worst gig ever, but I managed to salvage it somehow. But like, yeah, the, it, like when, when you have people not preparing for a gig, not getting the sound right, not checking the lights, all that kind of stuff, it can. It can put us in some very, very difficult situations. Luckily, I was able to react, but a lot of people wouldn't be able to react and they would have just... God, that, that, so hang on, obviously, there's just electricity went in the whole building and it was, see you, good night. Did, was the mic still working or was it just the lights? It was, it was uh, the mic went. I think there was still, there was still some light in the distance on, so maybe just one fuse went. That right, yeah, the yeah, light yeah. For that area and, and the sockets for that area, but it was, yeah, it was pretty much pitch black except for the phones when I got them on. So it was like it was like a really bad Coldplay concert. That's what it was like <laughs> <laughs> with me on stage. It was fun in the end. But yeah, yeah no, like it's it, it's one of those things as a comedian. You know, you just want to you, you want to show up. You want to tell your jokes, do a good show. You don't want to have to be worrying about yeah stupid things stuff. that yeah, go yeah. on off stage. You know what I mean? You wouldn't you, if a band shows up. You wouldn't be asking them, can you check? I, don't, I have no comparison to make there. I was going to make a comparison. <laughs> you realise that that's not a good comparison to make. Let's go back to surgeons. The surgeons yeah, up, man. Yeah, like, yeah, where, where yeah, you've got to clean your own surgical instruments. Yeah, make, make sure to have the anesthesia administered. You know what I mean? Like that's not going to be a surgeon's job. Like it's uh, you, you got to get all these things, all yeah. these things done. But yeah, no, that, 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 that lucky that one was salvaged because the, the one in the one in Roscommon though that was I haven't been back to Roscommon since. <laughs> that, was, that was about seven years ago you know what I mean it was, you drive maybe, around you, it now when you're trying to go to Galway yeah. and stuff you could say a lot of people haven't been back to Roscommon in seven years but you know I'm going to put two and two together and say they're connected yeah no definitely have you had any other ones similar to uh, Roscommon one, one similar to Roscommon um, no I've been lucky enough that there hasn't been too many of those ones um, I've had I think, I think the worst ones mentally for a comedian are when you're after having the first one or two gigs and they go really well, and you're buzzing about comedy. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be how it is from now on. And then you have a gig, and it might not even be that bad a gig, but it might just be very okay. And th- th- I remember the first time I had a gig, I think it was about three gigs in, I had a gig that wasn't that. It was fine, you know what I mean? It wasn't a death, but it wasn't something. It didn't, it didn't fill me with confidence that I could pull it off every week, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean yeah, those yeah, ones yeah. are mentally a lot harder for a comedian. Because you know, if you have if you have a bad gig, it's because somebody heckles you, or somebody throws something. You know, you kind of just accept that it's not on you; it's on them. But when you yeah. have a bad gig, and it's because you're only okay, you, you kind of look at yourself, go, "Wow, should I, should I be doing this? Maybe I should, maybe I should have been a surgeon." You know? <laughs> yeah, maybe I should get a job in the civil service. They're probably hiring. <laughs> true. True. <laughs>
But yeah, no, I've been, I've been, I've been lucky enough, but there, there, there have been bad ones out there. Um, luckily at the crunch, you know yourself, like we haven't had, like, obviously you, you can have you can have the, the odd oddball in there, you know what I mean? But uh, for the most part, the crowd are quite respectable and I think we had somebody leave once because we didn't like people making fun of Donald Trump. Um, but for the most part, there's no there's no major walkouts, you know what I mean? And and, and there hasn't been a, had a baby thrown at me, not thrown at me, a baby handed to me once on stage. Oh, I think I saw was, a picture of that up on, on yeah. the club's Instagram or whatever. Well, it, it, it's kind of weird because it happened, it happened to Danny a few weeks ago, but about three years ago it happened to me as well where there, I didn't even know they had a baby and I got up on stage to host and, you know, there was a baby, I think about five weeks old, who was with some? Who, who was who was traveling with the parents of Ireland, and he was on the side of the stage with them, and they just said, "Hello, there's a baby." So I just basically <laughs> held, held him in my arms for a few minutes, told a few jokes, and yeah, the baby behaved. So maybe the secret to keeping babies quiet, keeping the comedians. Yeah, stand-up comedy that'll put them right to sleep, <laughs> which is another worrying thing as well. <laughs> but um, how long have you been um, running the comedy crunch? I've crunch going on now for a good few years in a few different venues, but made in the stacked head we've been there for a couple of years now, and it's, yeah, no, it's, it's been going quite strong. It's uh, it's, I can't even tell you how many years now it's, got, it's gone from your head so long, but you know, it must be must be five years in, in the stacked head, I think. Is that all? I would have thought it's, it's been longer. Oh, well, I think before the stacked head we were in what used to be Sheedy and Cheek, and now I think it's called something else. Right. And it, it originally started in Doyle's. Was we had the first two or three gigs were in Doyle's before we moved to the Sheevy and Cheek, and then to um, the Stag's Head. So all in all, it's, it could be ten years in total, with you know different people running it and uh, different different venues. But the last couple of years now, it's just been myself and Danny running it in the in the Stag's Head. Um, yeah, no. If you're listening now and you haven't been down to the Stag's Head, the comedy crunch is on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Probably one of it's free in, by the way. It's probably one of the best comedy clubs in Dublin at the moment. Like, it's my favorite club to to gig at anyway because it's such um, uh, it's good. Speaking about terrible gigs, I had a terrible. I think the first gig I did in with you years ago was a terrible gig because. Um, not that it was terrible, but some of my jokes were far too localised, you know what I mean? And it yeah, was, it was a wake-up call to realise that you can't just go mad uh, and make hilarious Dublin jokes because people outside of Dublin won't have a clue <laughs> what you're on yep. about. Or even yeah, that's on. One thing, yeah, that's one thing to conscious. Say, you know, if we have 80 people in there, maybe 30 will be from Ireland and 50 will be from, you know, every corner of the world, you know, yeah. uh, Saudi Arabia, England, Nigeria, Italy, every every country you can think of. I think we had Taiwan in last week. We've had uh, Trinidad and Tobago in. We get people from everywhere. And, like, it's great because they, they, they all have a decent enough level of English, but it does make you have to think a little bit more. Like, you can do local references, but you just need to, you need to throw in a little bit more exposition yeah, about yeah, yeah. what it's fine. Because I think people get a bit cut off, but there is the opposite thing where people kind of, are afraid to do local references as well because they think they're not going to know what Copper Face Jacks is. They're not going to know what the Lewis is. But every country has a Copper Face Jacks. Yeah, know? yeah. So it, they can kind of pick up by if you if they can pick up by the context and the tone that you're speaking in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they 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 do kind of read between the lines a bit. You know what I mean? So they are good like that. I got to say, but but yeah, no, it's it, it's definitely because because the night is on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, it's very hard to get Irish people to fill the room. So we do have a lot of tours like. Most of my mates haven't been because you know I'm like come to the comedy. They're like, oh, it's on a Sunday, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I can't do. It. I, got, I got I got work the next day. I'm like, buddy, you haven't you've been unemployed for the last seven years. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's not going to be that. Yeah, you should like, tell you know, your so. wife you've no job and stop going out in the morning. This is not going to work. 
But I think, I think people, it's, I've seen the last few months now, even the last few years, a, bit, a steady increase in the amount of Irish people coming in because so I suppose there's more and more Irish people doing shift work and also there's a yeah. lot more Irish people who are kind of coming around to this idea that I can go out on a Sunday, I can have a couple of drinks and I can get the bus home and I don't have to be in charities at five o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? They're starting to come around to the idea that, that they do have control over their own abilities. <laughs> they don't have to go now, often, mental. Often they, Often they fail, you know what I mean? Often they go out on Sunday for a drink and next thing you know, they're still at the comedy crunch on Tuesday. But uh, for the most part, our people are starting to, you know, that, that, that initial thing of I can't go to the comedy crunch because it's on a Sunday and I can only leave the house if I don't go back to the house before I am. That's kind of fading away a bit. How did you wind up getting Jim Jeffries to gig? Oh, Jim Jeffries would have been about a year ago, I believe it was. It was, so he was, he was playing the free arena the following night. And he was in the stag's head filming for his, you know, his Comedy Central TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was filming a bit about alcoholism for that. So, um, Brent Berry from Aiken gave us a call and said that Jim Jeffries was upstairs in the stag's head. And we were already downstairs setting up and we had no idea about this. So, we went upstairs and there he was anyway with his production team. And we just said to him, listen, like, he, he was after having a lot of points against. He was fairly well on. Like, he had had a lot against. But he was he was there with his whole posse. And we were kind of like, well, listen, if you want to go on, great. But we understand if you don't yeah, want to. There's yeah, no yeah, massive yeah. pressure. And in fairness to him, he was really, really sound. He was like, no, no, I'd love to do it. And, uh, you know, then, but he was so drunk that I was trying to host the show. Danny had to go do another show. So I was trying to host the show while also trying to kind of, like, lead him eventually from one room to the next, yeah. so he'd eventually be, because I was afraid he might just wander down the road, be offered a cigarette by somebody, <laughs> and next thing, be on a bus going to a party in Inglis or something, you know what I mean? Typical gym. He, he had that kind of head in him that night. You know right, I mean? yeah, but, yeah. But luckily he came in, he came downstairs, and he went on. It, it was crazy because about half a true set, a phone rang, which is a miracle because there is no reception <laughs> in the face of the side set. And he answered the phone on speaker, and it was Jay Leno. No, awesome. I swear to God. And the first, uh, Jay Daniel said, said hello to him and he said one or two things and Jim Jeff was like, I don't know if you, I'm going to have to give you a call back. I'm, I'm in a basement doing a comedy show in Dublin. And most of the crowd was like, that can't be real. There's no way. That's all set up. And we just kind of laughed about it and we went on with the night. But then the next night he was on stage in the Tree Arena and he told the crowd that Jay Leno called him the night before and no one believed him. So it was <laughs> <laughs> looks like a genuine he was. Not only did Jeff, he's got Jay Leno on stage the same as well. God, yeah, double built, double headline act. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but he was great. He really was. Like, you know what I mean? It was it was fantastic to see him in person. So in such a like, like it's it's a big enough venue for a local comedy club. But to see someone like Jim Jeffries or you know even Bill Burr who we've had in play to eighty people like that's that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, I was there when uh, Bill Burr showed up, and one of the most priceless moments I've ever seen at a gig was. You'd snuck him in, obviously, down the back. Danny was on doing 10 or 15 minutes. And then Bill Burr is just trying to snake his way from the back of a packed, small little room in a pub up so yeah. no one kind of sees him. And then I remember he was waiting for Danny to introduce him and wrap him at the side of the bar. And there's two guys in front of me who hadn't a clue what was going on. And, and one of them looks and goes, is that Bill Burr? And he goes, no, it's not. And his mate's like going, hardly Bill Burr, no way. And then the both of them did a double take and copped. It was bloody Bill Burr. And then Danny yeah. goes, it's Bill Burr. And everyone just lost their mind. But it was amazing to, to you know, because you never expect someone of Bill Burr or Jim Jeffries to be in a club like that. It's just so intimately, you know, performing to you. And then boom, out of nowhere, there you go. 
Yeah, no, it 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 it, do, it does happen every so often. Like, and I think it was it was a great crowd that night as well because no one knew Bill War was going to be on besides myself, Danny, and a few select comedians. Because what we didn't want was a load of people who wouldn't usually go to a comedy show showing up. You know, people who would and, and who were only we want the people who were there to see the show. And yeah. Bill Burr was like this bonus. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. what we didn't want was people who were going to be coming to see Bill Burr and then completely ignore the rest of the show. And yeah, it worked yeah, out great because yeah. Bill Burr was amazing, but the whole the whole night was amazing as well. And it, it really helped that when he went up on stage, you know, it had been such a good atmosphere anyway that it, it could only it was it was a very special night. I got to say, it really, it really it really was great to have him on. Like, but, you know, we're very lucky. Like we had. You know, we get Bill Burr on that last week. We had Neil Delamere on. You know, we've had David Doherty on. So we get really good comedians from Ireland as well. You know, it, it's great to have the likes of, you know, Bill Burr and Jim Jeffries. But, you know, to anybody who doesn't go to comedy regularly, there are some great comedians in Ireland who will entertain you, you know, just as much who are, who are definitely worth checking. You might not know their names, but they're, they're worth checking out. Like, you know, like, like you know, Bill Burr looks fantastic. But, you know, when we have, say, Edwin Salmon headline or, yep. you know, something like that, like, you know, the the crowd go wild to the same extent or Chris Kent or you know people like that or even Jerry Stone has been doing great now there's some amazing Irish comedians out there that people need to uh, need to check out because you know it's great to have Netflix and all these specials for Bill Burr and Jim Jeffries and all that but don't forget that there's guys over here who may not have as big a platform but when you see them live in the club they're they're unreal yeah yeah and uh, I'll throw in like Elner Tiernan and Damo Clark when you have them um, oh, yeah. on as well always always kill it and, and Amazing, do it. Yeah. but um, speaking of uh, speaking of the club I know I'm taking you out of hosting duties right now from the Comedy Crunch so I best <laughs> um, let you go uh, Sunday yeah. Monday Tuesday in downstairs in the Stag's Head in the City Centre the Comedy Crunch look them up online as well I'll tweet out the link for free comedy it's definitely definitely worth checking out and resident MC and founder of the club Colin McGlinchey thanks a million for coming on thanks Dominic Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.